You're listening to Faith and Fostering, the podcast where people of faith chat about foster care in the Australian context to encourage, edify and educate others along the journey. Hello again and welcome to you. Today on Faith and Fostering, guest hosts Ellen Mary Dickens from Fostering Hope in Tasmania have provided this interview. Let's hear now from Ellen Mary. Welcome to this edition of Faith and Fostering podcast. I'm Al Dickens with my wife Mary. How are you, Mary? Yeah, going well, thanks. Very, very excited to be here today because we have a special guest, our very own son, Jericho. How are you going, buddy? Very well, thanks. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, like how old you are, um, what year at school, etc. I'm 13, I'm in year seven, and um, I really enjoy sport and being active and running around. There you go for all you girls out there. He's uh, 13, <laughs> likes the colour of blue, long walks along the beach. No, not quite. <laughs> Mate, really excited to have you here today because uh, we're very well aware that our fostering journey isn't just about you know mum and I and, and, and the kids that come into our home. It's very much been something that's really impacted your childhood and your journey and something that you've actively chosen to be a part of, but not only chosen to be a part of have been an incredibly intrinsic and important um, part of in, in our family. Um, tell the listeners a little about what does our family look like and, and where you fit in uh, with with your brothers. So um, we have uh, three foster brothers and I have one bi- biological brother and our foster brothers age of five, seven and another 13 year old. And my biological brother's 11, so I'm the equal eldest, and um, it's always, and they're all boys, so it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so poor mum, it's got uh, <laughs> five boys. So thinking back, because I guess the first decision that we made as a family to foster was when you were only six years old, I think. Um, and you and your brother were very much a part of that conversation as much as you could get your head around it at four and six years old. What do you remember from way back then and just the, the thoughts of what that was going to look like and 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 what it might um, mean for our family? Well, at first I didn't really think much about it because being a six-year-old and I didn't <laughs> really think my life would change much. You were a smart six-year-old. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's really become like a more part of my life as I've got older but Mm. like back when I was six I didn't really think much about it and didn't really think it was that big a deal Mm. and probably changed a little bit so um our as Jericho said our 13 year old foster son he was at the same school as uh, as Jericho and his brother and so when it first became apparent that things were tricky for him and his mum and and he might um, need to come into care um, we, we, as a family, um, us two and, you know, Dad and I and um, you and your brother, we had a chat about it. And do you remember what you said then? Um, I remember saying that uh, if, like, anyone needs a home that we'd happily do it um, and that, yeah, more than happy to do it. Yeah, but for us as parents, it was one of those first moments of realising um, for, for Jericho, he had just always known a family that loved him. And so for him, the concept of that there's kids out there that don't have that wasn't even a thought for him. So it was a real moment of realising, um, I think, for Jericho um, and his brother that, wow, this is, you know, this isn't our normal, isn't everybody's normal. 
And what have you loved about having so many brothers? Well, there's always something to do. There's, it's never boring. You always have someone to play play with, always like got someone to go out the back with and play cricket, play basketball or whatever. And there's like and there's so many different things that people enjoy, so we get like lots of different fun stuff to do. So mm. Yeah, that's been good fun. Because at one point in the journey, you and your brother used to comment, oh, look, we'll have 10 or 11, you know, brothers. Like, there's going to be a whole cricket team where the brothers... It's probably changed a little bit over the years, <laughs> yep, would you say? De- definitely. So, so what are the things that, I guess, have caused you to get more of a sense that, you know, it's not necessarily as easy as just, you know, people to play with? Well... My like as some some of my younger brothers brothers have got older, like they've had different challenges along the way, and so I've realised that like they might that having more kids might mean you have like more arguments, let's say, or like more and um just people around, and so it'll be a bit too crazy eventually, <laughs> and um yeah, just like I think. Five, what who we have now is <laughs> plenty. Although it's a lot, but we yeah, it's a good number. <laughs> and and I guess um yeah, you, on that both the the youngest two entered our home from birth, so they they came into our home as babies, and as as Jericho said, some of those bigger behaviours and and some of the um, trauma behaviours that have become apparent have become bigger as they've grown up, and that's. In a way, it kind of I, I think of it as taking up more space in the home. Is, is that what do you think, Jerry? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Hmm. And do do you see your brothers any differently than you know whether biological or not? Like, how has that sat with you over the years? Well, my the youngest two because they came from birth, it was just normal, and they just felt like normal brothers for a while. But then when the person from my class came. They felt a bit different, and at first it was just like an extended sleepover. Yeah. Um, and then over time I've had to adjust to like... So we've been in different classes for a bit to try and help adjust to having him in our home. Yeah, it's interesting um, for all of us, to be honest, because we, by nature, have always been a very sporty family, had kind of fairly defined interests, and a, a kid came into our house that was very much more into things like Skylanders and Pokemon and, and things that we didn't have as much exposure to, yet you kind of find yourself, don't you, actually yeah. enjoying those things as well. And that was one of the things that Mum and I just loved to see, like the way that you and your brother helped to normalise childhood for him, and it's probably something you didn't even necessarily realise that you were doing, but it was it's been such a, a powerful part of, of yep. the journey. So it's it's been great, mate. Yep. Um, so from your perspective, like are there things that you felt that you've missed out on or that have been harder because of the fact that you've got these foster brothers in the house? Well, not usually. Um, like occasionally when friends come over, you might have like moments where one of my younger brothers might just be not exact, like being a bit Trying too to eat them. crazy, <laughs> whacking them slash eating them. <laughs> and um, but like, and so that can be annoying sometimes, but like just trying to get them, like remove them from the situation just so we, I can enjoy it with my friends 
is good when we can do that. So there's a few moments where it can be slightly annoying, but overall it's good. It's a really interesting point. Do you have that conversation with your friends? Like, have other friends ever asked you any of these questions or what it's like for you? Um, well, my closer friends definitely, like the ones that have come over more often or like they, they ask about like who I have at home, let's say, and then they like they ask when I say I have another 13-year-old, they ask, Naturally, I do. Is it a twin? Let's yeah. say <laughs> we get so, that a lot. <laughs> like you just have to find ways to kind of explain that to them. Um, yeah, so you you do naturally have it sometimes, but mm. not with like all my friends. Mm. And just recently, um, Jerrica, you actually got to share at your chapel at your high school about um, what it's like to be in a fostering family, and. Um, and so that was an opportunity that came up. And, and yeah. how did you find that? So kind of, you know, upfront talking about that. Yeah, that was good because I wasn't directly talking to anyone. So I felt kind of I was able to, like, express myself a bit more. And so that was good and, uh, like, really good to do. I thought that was really good. And I got a few questions afterwards, but that they were all really positive. And I know for us, we we I was with Jericho when we when we did that presentation, and then the week after, one of your younger brothers was attacking some of your friends at your cricket game, and I, I thought in the back of my head, well, at least they all know what's going on. <laughs> yep, a few of them. <laughs> and so, given that a lot of the people listening today, mate, are going to be foster carers, so parents. As a kid, what would you? What sort of advice or thoughts? What What are things that you would like us to know as your parents? I mean, we ask you this question sometimes, but here's a chance to share your wisdom and insight. You know, with That's thousands. A young age. <laughs> um, yeah. What What sort of things do you think are really important for us to understand, like as the foster carers, as the parents, um, the impact that has on the kids, and things that you know we need to think more about for you. We'll try and, like, make it, like, as normal as possible for lots of it. Like, trying to make sure you still get, like, really good childhood and everything, which I thought you've done really well. And um, it's been really good that I've still had this lots of the same opportunities other kids have. So that's been really good. And, like, still being able to do sport and stuff, even though, like, we've had other children, but... It's been really good that I've still had the chances to do stuff. So I think that's the main thing, like making sure you still have lots of chances to do that stuff that you want to do um, and not just like taking away stuff you would have had like or some opportunities because you've got more kids. Do you feel, for instance, mum and dad's time is divided and not able to give you as much like is that something that you've I mean obviously we've tried to manage that but do you see that as something that's been a really important part of of still being able to normalize that for you so you don't feel like you're missing out just that you're still getting that those opportunities and that time with us or yeah I think like I have had time with you guys and it like not been divided or anything there's like because I have cricket many days a week so <laughs> many days like a week. I can um like do that a lot and it doesn't really feel like I'm like getting less like opportunities with my parents like you guys mm. or I'm um, with like doing sport or anything so it's felt like it's still been mostly pretty normal mm. and stuff so that's been really good and, and for you and well and for us for our family something that it, 
we've been that's been really helpful is extended family so having mm, um, grandparents and aunts and uncles who are on the journey too so so there's times where we might not be able to be at something but someone else can have you felt that as well yeah I think because my granny and papa who have been quite close like live in Sandy Bay so it's been good that they've been able to do lots of things that have like that have been close so that's been really good that when you guys can't make it they can still come along and do stuff and then recently like my auntie moved down here as well so that's been good that she can help out and do like mountain biking and other sports with her which she's more into so that's been really good because it's been amazing hasn't it that that extended family for us they've been intentional obviously trying to support you um, but at the same point they've been intentional about giving us time as a family where they've had the little two in particular which are you know the ones that really do change the dynamic of our household quite a little quite a lot Um, and so that's given us more opportunities to to have some of that that time because what are the things for you because it is fair to say that our house can be quite chaotic, particularly when the the little ones are are really at, at full like heightened <laughs> phase. Yeah, um, how do you find that respite for yourself? What what are the things that help you stay either calm in that moment or not get frustrated or stay positive about you know loving into them and the bigger picture? when you know obviously you could easily get frustrated just about how loud and um, destructive or whatever that they they may be well I find often I'm able to just like go outside and do something else so like remove myself from the chaos inside Mm. um but and other times it is like trying to calm them down by reading them a book but often it's just like trying to get away from it or doing that kind of thing but like yeah, doing stuff with them also can really help by separating the two of them because sometimes they're worse <laughs> when they're together. <laughs> so <laughs> when you separate them, sometimes like they're really nice on their own lots of the time. So yeah. doing one-on-one things with them can be a lot better when Mate, they're not together. We're going to take a bit of a break now just for a sec, but really interested when we come back to talk about how even the skills that you have learned in exactly what you're just talking about there, like managing these behaviors and and identifying them and understanding potentially the source of of, of behavior in other kids that you've grown up with that are in your class at school, how all that has impacted you and just your broader worldview and sense of, of understanding of that. So we'll be, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back with Jericho in just a moment. Love this podcast? If you're a regular listener of Faith and Fostering, please remember to subscribe and to share with your friends and family. We provide the podcast free of charge, but it isn't free to bring to you. So if you'd like to partner with us in continuing to bring you this content by supporting Faith and Fostering, please click the link in the show notes. Thanks for your support. So we're back with the Faith and Fostering podcast with Mary and Ellen, and, and today we're lucky enough to be interviewing our son Jericho, who's sharing a bit about what it's like growing up in a family that's fostering and, and giving some advice to people out there on what's worked and hasn't worked for, for him on our journey. He's not going to want more pocket money for this, is he? <laughs> I sure will. <laughs> <laughs> and I expect it. <laughs> um, and um, what... 
in in my role with fostering hope one of the things that often comes up is um people not wanting to share the the children in care story because it, it's their story and it's their journey and what um through doing the journey with having our own children along the journey with us what i've really learned is um it's also our kids journey it's it's jericho's journey and it's his childhood and that's kind of really important and to acknowledge and for him to own and to for our kids to have their own story of what their childhood looks like and I know Jericho and his brother are really proud of being in a family that fosters and um, it's something that they want to talk about and share about Um, and we were just talking before the break Jericho about um, you you have this incredible ability when when our little two are um, losing it and escalated that you even said like sometimes the strategy will be for you to distract one of them and go and read a book with one of them or go and do some Lego with one of them and just that's such a help to us in the home um, and you just do that naturally but I, I guess where where's that coming from what have you what have you learnt along the way with to lead to that well like lots of things like that like what I said before about them being worse when they're together often like but also I've enjoyed just like getting to know them and they're actually like really like not fun but like different and nice to just chat to or read a book to or um and like they like I don't know what but well yeah, they are fun they're fun and, and they adore cute. you they, yeah and they're cute so mm. they are cute. yeah that's always helped them isn't it that they're yeah. cute <laughs> and I don't think there's any uh, coincidence that the yeah so the the two little boys have always adored Jericho um the elder of the two younger ones in particular and and you know his passion now for for cricket even on the back of Jericho's you know passion for cricket and uh you just see that role model that you have been to them mate um which again when you're talking to the foster carers out there so often the conversation is oh I I couldn't foster because I'm too worried about the impact it might have on my kids and it's a really legitimate concern you know there are behaviors and and lots of things that are going to potentially um you know be be challenging for your kids but to see your own child play that role model to a young um you know brother who then just has all the benefit of just that compassion and empathy that he's shown has been so fantastic to watch and not only that mum and I have absolutely seen just that development of your character through this journey Rico because even the fact that you can't really overly name up uh, all the the things that you've potentially had to give up or or in, be inclusive of with you know the the challenges of those behaviours is actually just testimony to the fact that you have been well and truly on this journey with us the whole time and just the the care and the love that that you've shown. Um, so mate, yeah, just really really powerful um, to to see you in that role. Um, you can't obviously speak for for your for your brother, um, but one one of the things that we've found interesting and interested in your thoughts because you you were an oldest brother, older brother, and we often talk about um, you know the in a family of five, for instance, everyone has a different role. Like the boys have a different role, and so how has that seemed for you? Like, do you feel that that's like shaped or changed at all because of the fact that some are, are foster have come in as, as foster kids or you know do you still have like you know the annoying little brother syndrome how have you found that 
Well, I think that because the person the same age as me has like got quite different likes and stuff to me, that like we often find ourselves doing like different things with like different brothers. Yep. And so it hasn't really gotten the way of anything. So I think that's been really good. And yes, I still can find my younger brothers annoying, but um, <laughs> that's just natural. That's their job. Yeah, that that is their job, and um, so it's just natural to feel that sometimes. But I think yeah, we have separate likes, so it's good that we can do separate things. And how about other kids at school or that you come across? Like, how has fostering helped shape your understanding of of just the way that people's behaviour, you know, where that may come from, and like, how's how's your journey helped shape your your thoughts and ideas? Well, I find often when I see someone like, let's say, hitting someone, like a kid hitting someone, or like doing doing stuff that you would you'd judge people for that, but mm. kids for that, and you'd say like, don't hang around them. But often, because I've got a younger brother that he's often that person. <laughs> <laughs> I can like understand that it's not usually like just what you see like there. There's usually deeper things than that. Mm. And that there's like it's not just that they're not a nice person. They might be having a bad day or there just might be like something not wrong with them but like they've got like trauma or something in their mm. past. And so... Like, you can understand that a bit more when you've kind of seen that happen to people you know. Mm. And so I think that's really helped me develop a sense of, better sense of empathy. Yeah. yeah. And, and one of the things we've been quite intentional about on the journey is being um, quite open about trauma and um, and what how that's impacted on, on the, all the kids in our home and... Um, you know, as we've learnt things, hopefully we've taught them to you and your brother. And, and what what have you taken away from some of that, or has that been helpful? Well, it helped me in a public speaking competition, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, which I talked about some of this stuff. But I think it's kind of helped me when explaining it to friends or like that kind of thing. I've been able to like tell them a bit more, not detail, but like not sound a bit more accurate about what I'm saying and not Mm. and I can actually tell them stuff that I know is real um and so I think that's really helped when trying to like help explain it to friends or something yeah I know your um your brother our other biological son one of his biggest things that he goes around telling people is don't drink when you're pregnant yeah (laughs) so that's been one of his biggest takeaway things hasn't it um, and one of the other things about um, your fostering journey is interacting with other fostering families. And, um, you know, some of the families that we do life with also have, you know, similar lives that are crazy and chaotic and loud. And um, is that, what do you, how have you found that? Well, I've got some of my, like, best friends from that kind of thing who've got very similar, like, households. And I think that's because we can, like, relate to each other. Mm. And so that's been really good to have, like, lots of different sets of friends. And so I think, like, yeah, that's that's been really helpful, having, like, different friends that are doing some of the same, going through some of the same stuff I am. And I think that speaks to the value of the village, the community. It's not just the community around Definitely. the young 
foster children. It's yeah. it's your community. It's our community. It's as yeah. you say, it's people with like minds, hearts, experiences yeah. that are able to share that journey. No, it's really really good insight, mate. And in terms of uh, a family or a potential carer out there thinking of getting on this journey, well, what would you say? I'd say do it um, because, like, you learn a lot, like, about yourself and, um, like, and you meet lots of really interesting people and, um, uh, yeah, I think you'll develop, like, your character a lot more as well. It'll really help you, I think, and I think it would be really good not just for the child but for you as well. And, And on your, how has it impacted your faith journey? Like, how has this impacted your relationship with God or, or what you how you know it means to be a Christian and live out your faith? I think it's definitely helped my faith in God. I think I've really like thought more about it a bit more and like really trusted in him because um I've found like especially my eldest brother who well the same age as me, who like in grade two he really struggled and was like going to the principal's office a lot and but like in grade five and six he ve- like don't think he ever did and was heaps better and I think that's really helped my trust in God like seeing the some of the like miracles he's been able to perform mm. in my life yeah and uh, we'll always remember early on in our journey where we didn't know what was happening in case direction with the little two and, and one night we were praying and and your your um, our the biological son he prayed dear god i pray their mum and dad get better and they get to go home and then you prayed yeah dear god i pray they get to stay with us forever <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those moments of well it's up to god <laughs> yeah. and just shows how tricky it is and you know that that sense of of love but the the sense of loss for and and even your understanding both of you your understanding of of how hard that would be for the biological families of, yeah. of those boys, and and even that's just such a, an amazing empathy to 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 learn and to develop. Um, any final thoughts, mate? Not really. It's been a good interview. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to close it. But, you know. <laughs> it's pretty nervous coming, in, mate. It's it's so valuable to hear from you and the voice of young people, particularly because you know very. Often it's easy for you just to be a pawn getting dragged along in whatever mum and dad choose. But we'd really encourage any potential or existing foster carers just to really be open about those conversations that you have with your kids, recognising, and Mary and I certainly do, that so much of the heavy lifting that goes on in um, in the change in the kids' lives is actually through your own the love of your own kids and them normalising that childhood for, for some of these kids with, with um, trauma backgrounds and, and, and other backgrounds. So, you know, hats off to you, Jericho. You've been amazing. We're so proud of you in lots and lots of ways. And and just really thank you for your time here today. Uh, love you heaps. And thank you for anybody uh, still listening. And um, we'll see you next time on the Faith and Fostering Podcast. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that discussion from guest hosts, Alan Mary. Our regular hosts will be back again with you next week. And in the meantime, let's remember, every child deserves a family. Mm-hmm.